table. That's Probably fair. not. Like, let's be honest. This I I like our recording table. It's nice. It's got a tablecloth with bats on it. I made it's it myself. Like, you did. It's a whole vibe. It's got foam to keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but it's also just like a plastic fold-out like picnic table, and I feel like this mallet is too hefty to be gavel banging on. That's true. I'll try it. You want to try it? Your laptop's on it, and I have a horchata. That's a bad idea. Yeah. There's multiple liquids, actually. Yeah, we need to... Look, I need this horchata. My liquids aren't on it. And it's my house. They're everywhere. Just fluids? My, my, my liquids? Oh, my liquids. Oh. Maybe a small gavel? Just just test it? Just... Yeah. Okay, that wasn't bad. That's not too bad. Perfect. But I'm also putting like all of my wrist to control the momentum of this because it's very... Yeah. This, this mallet it's was a, mallet. a good investment. It's a mallet. It's heavy at the end. Yeah, it's heavy at the end. It's got a solid wood handle. It's rubber. Like, I feel powerful at recording having this goddamn mallet. Yeah. It's good. It's a vibe. I get that. But it's not as, like, immediately dangerous as having a machete. Yeah. But I only have the one gross one that's, like, rusted and just full of tetanus. And I currently don't have health insurance. So. The mallet is safer for you to wield. Technically, the mallet is safer. It doesn't inflict poison damage. It doesn't have a poison modifier. No, it doesn't. It so, does bludgeoning, though. Bludgeoning's good. Bludgeoning is good. What are we even talking about? I don't know. I'm just waggling this mallet what are, now. What are, what are we? Uh, I think, hi and welcome. We are <laughs> Blank Bodies, a uh, Vampire the Masquerade V5 tabletop and horror podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, and as always, I'm joined by... This one here. This one here is also a uh, host on the podcast and is mildly intimidated by mallets being swung at him. I'm not, um, I'm not swinging it. I'm pointing in it with enthusiasm. We put our new office chairs together, and now we have tools of destruction. <laughs> I'm John, and that one over there. Uh, Sarah. Yeah, that's the one with the mallet. I do have the mallet. I'm <laughs> With all the talks of Boulder's Gate and me having the mallet, I'm just like, I I main clerics a lot, and I'm like, me having a mace makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely, you need bludgeoning. Because <laughs> for some reason, cracking someone's rib ribs into their lungs is more holy than just stabbing them. Yeah. Somehow. As the Lord intended. <laughs> internal bleeding like god designed exactly look look how else am i gonna cleanse the earth if i can't swing this mallet <laughs> for the lord right uh but yeah so this episode is us uh, going on about uh history the way back machine the way back machine the horrible histories which is a great book series i, I read it those. a fuckload as a kid yeah there's also a tv series in britain if you ever get a chance to watch it it's a good kid show but I think it was on here on a channel because I vaguely was remember it? seeing it. I think it was on one of the weird kids stations like NBC in the morning or something. Uh, okay, yeah, I didn't watch that. But Vampire has a lot of history. So you might be like, hey, I'd love to run a game set in these other cool time periods where there's cool plot and lore and things happening. Well, too bad. You can do it. <laughs> exactly. You also can run VTM in the future. A future. Future. Um, I feel kind of bad. I just, I'm... Hi guys, my brain's a little melty because I started a job. I'm going to college full time, and holy shit, don't don't do that. <laughs> also, we're recording in the evening. We're all full of Mexican food. Yeah, and the power bequeathed to us by a mallet. So yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, running games in time periods that are not right now. Cool. And uh, some mechanics that V5 gives you for doing that kind of stuff, and some logistics and inspiration for doing that because it's not a typical game so it might have yeah. some extra work you have to do as a storyteller in a party that's also true i shouldn't i'm actually spinning the mallet now i need to put it down <laughs> no, I'm gonna play no john mallet. has the mallet fuck 
Uh, I'm going to give the dog the mallet again. <laughs> Get him to walk around the house with it. He looked, mouth. He was too powerful. He, he, he himself was like, I can't accept this power and dropped it. <laughs> he understood he could pick up Mjolnir and decided it was too much. Oh, God. But yeah, so you if you're even if you're just running uh historical scenes as uh a, just a scene, a one shot, a story arc, or a chronicle, they're all options. It Every can one be done. Of them. You yes. can do it. You can. I believe in you. So, uh, content warning is usual VTM concerns. What? Maybe some historical concerns if we get spicy. Yeah, we're gonna talk about some historical concerns. Not in depth, but we it'll be we'll get there. Uh. And the main sources for this is the V5 core book and also V5 Dark Ages. Hmm. Dark Ages. Yes. So, starting off, mechanics. Just so everybody knows, in case somebody's like, but V5 doesn't have anything set in other time periods, so I can't run it. Blech. So what? Yeah. Dad, Daddy World of Darkness said it was okay. <laughs> Quoting, by default, vampire is set in tonight, right now. However... Nothing stops you from running a chronicle that starts its clock in 1991, if you don't believe me. You can read it. Yeah. The publisher said you can do it. So you can't yell at me. <laughs> John, don't hit yourself in the face with the mallet. And he's like tapping your teeth. It's cold. Do you have dental? No. Okay. <laughs> so I need to take the hammer. No! It's my turn. It's okay. Mom said it's my turn. Turn with the hammer. <laughs> I mean, saying. it's your monitor. Yeah. Like I have extras. You do. Mm -hmm. So... While V5 doesn't officially have setting books for other time periods, obviously it's encouraged for you to look at other source material. Yeah. Do the thing. Uh, I will make a note that when you're looking at playing at certain time periods or certain times back, uh, consider the fact that you might have to adjust your character sheets. So things like yeah. firearms might have to become ranged weapons. Yes. Because after a period of time, guns don't exist. Same with technology. Well, you, case, yeah, not, but D the concept of like what technology covers will change because yeah. there's a period of time where like the peak of technology was like cutting a quill correctly. Huh. Huh. Yep. Or like operating a printing press mm -hmm. or like a steam engine. It's yeah. Very uh, fluid. Yes. So keep that in mind. Discuss at a table. If you're going to go to a certain time period, you're like, hey, so I realize like four of the skills on this don't actually translate anymore. So how do we want to parse that gap yeah. and if you're like hey i don't know what the fuck i'm doing with changing the skills because i feel un underqualified or i'm new at this and i'm nervous uh the dark ages sheets from the previous edition already have these things turned into other concepts that you can use and they pretty much just like nicely transcribe over and if you're like hey i've only played fifth ed I don't know where to get a Dark Ages sheet. Go to the Mr. Gone website. He's got a lot of nice There's sheets. There's a lot of nice sheets in there, including Dark Ages and Victorian Age. Hello. You can just use those for reference. Whee. Or make up your own as a table. Have fun. Mm -hmm. So, and if you're also still like, I'm nervous about running a game not set in modern times or like the 80s or other things that were somewhat recently, uh, I did peruse the Storyteller's Vault just to kind of see what was available made by other creators in the community. I found a good little 14, 15 page document called V5 Dark Ages. 
by creator Cole uh, Alratin. Nice. And it is a pay what you want document. So chuck the creators some bones for their work. Yeah. And they had somewhat recently updated the document to account for the player's guide and some stuff in Blood Sigils in, nice. in the book. So they are still working on the document. Nice. So hooray. Good news there. It does primarily focus on a vague medieval period. I know the Middle Ages were technically a really long, vague amount of historical time. So, like, if you want to get really granular about whether this was the early early medieval period or the late medieval period or the early modern, just decide at your table when you want to do stuff and what counts. Yep. Uh, I think it. I think it's kind of, you could use the same rules. You would approach something like Pathfinder or D&D mm. that are somehow set in a vaguely european medieval past you just kind of decide what you do and do not want to be applicable you can pick a date since it's more real but yeah you kind of just got to pick one what you want to deal with and go with yeah for sure and there you are some... get as granular as you want too yeah. like our old hunter game we would oh legit like pause the game for like three or four minutes to be like hold on we got longer Google. than that we would have 20 minute diatribes <laughs> Because one of us either made a movie reference anachronistic to the year of our Lord 1994, <laughs> or we happened to cite or wish to use a technology, and then we were desperately Googling <laughs> to see when the when the here? product had come out and how, <laughs> and if it had come out, how available it was to the general <laughs> public. Because none of us had a fuckload of resources. Because half of our hunter cell were like public government employees. Yeah. So we're like, I don't have a budget to be buying a $900 cell phone. <laughs> I would not have this. No. <laughs> I remember one time someone mentioned going to the movies and then they had to try and figure out what movies would be showing because we mm -hmm. had an exact date when we were playing. Yeah. yeah. So they looked up what movies would be in theaters in, 1990, in like <laughs> August of 1994. Uh, the funniest one for me was because uh, I was playing a... Uh, uh, a female uh, or coroner, like county coroner, and people kept making jokes X-Files related, and I was like, no, X-Files comes out at the end of 1994. You don't know this show yet. You can't make that joke. Pick a different joke. <laughs> so... It's true. <laughs> We're just waiting until the plot caught up to the release of fucking yep. X-Files, and then my character was just gonna be like, I fucking hate all of you. This is the worst. All right, there's Scully. <laughs> I don't even have red hair. <laughs> <laughs> actually Wyatt would probably just call you Mulder accidentally because he wouldn't know the difference it's <laughs> like okay yeah they're Mulder whatever. yeah whatever Dr. Mulder yeah <laughs> come over here X-File <laughs> yeah so it just turned to Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman was the joke and I'm like god fucking damn it mm. that show was out fuck so uh the other uh things i wanted to note about this document that is handy uh it has a bunch of charts for not only the medieval period but also a vague victorian 1800s and also a what they call a classical time period so uh i think the aim is for like ancient rome but because of just the speed of technology you could go back to like ancient egypt phoenicians babylonians all, you can do all that shit yeah so it has some good references for like shields and plate armor mm. and swords and chariots and things that you're just like, ah, I could see a player fucking with these things. Having a swords, especially. Yeah. Like, like technology for like uh, a lot of ancient times would have been like a blacksmith would have high technology because the amount of knowledge they would have to have to forge a sword correctly is yeah. ridiculous. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Just... Yeah, uh, I miss the, the periods of humanity where our smartest people were just swole as fuck. <laughs> Hitting stuff with hammers. Just 
have you seen the have you seen the clips recently of because apparently to be a blacksmith you have a lot of like hand strength oh, which yeah. I didn't think about and there's just all these videos of uh blacksmiths just like demolishing apples by like crushing them <laughs> like soda cans Hell Hell yeah. and it's horrifying it's great but it's also just like oh no sounds dope that sounds dope uh but yeah also within uh the book there's some notes on like hey some of these clans have changed over time like their banes and various other aspects of their existence so mm. there's like notes about those they offer alternative merits and various other things the one thing i wanted to note is they did talk about um possibly having to alter uh the names for the predator types because it doesn't make sense because mm. there wouldn't be there wouldn't be the cultural context for what they're called now right. in certain time periods okay and the one they brought up was like grave robbers should be called. I, oh, I'm spacing what it was in the actual book. Uh, I I'm suggesting calling grave robber that. That's the one where you eat uh, blood from dead people. Yes. Yeah. So I was suggesting calling them resurrectionists instead. I thought that sounded better than what was in the book, but that is just me. Hmm. But I also uh, have a lot of weird hyperfixation uh, interest in the Burke and Hare case and various other <laughs> weird old timey crimes. So fair enough. I just don't, I just don't think that's a cool thing to call people. Yeah. Sounds dope. You're a resurrectionist. Yes. So if you are wanting to dabble in looking at things in other time periods, but you're nervous about building a whole game around it, you, you can just try it with a memoriam. Boop, 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 boop. So this can is we cue the, the dreamy music with the, the screen that goes mm -hmm. all wavy for a second? Yeah. The <laughs> I was going to play some music but the closest instrument to me too is a bass and i don't know if that's exactly <laughs> what you were imagining boom, 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 boom. i mean it, it's just a really funky dream yeah it's bow, a dream in the bow, 70s bow, bow. <laughs> oh no <laughs> which is shocking because it was the 70s and everybody was on heroic amounts of cocaine so how anybody slept i don't know good questions uh passing out <laughs> mostly blacking out yep choking on their own vomit i'm Woo. like yeah yeah that's uh... that's how you lose them memoriams memoriams you could definitely be choking on your vomit at some point during a memoriam you could that is true so if you go to page uh, 311 in the core book a memoriam this is a scene slash story mechanic that allows a vampire to revisit their own memories with the goal of speak seeking out some sort of information hmm uh, it's kind, yeah, it's kind of interesting the way it's explained because basically the way the book explains how vampires process memories and time, uh, the best way I can explain it is you have a human brain, so your hardware can only handle so much data because you have a person brain mm -hmm. and you're dead. So you're not technically able to make more neural connections and things. So like basically whatever your brain is when you're embraced, that's just kind of the space you have. So over time, just things kind of fade into the background of your brain because mm -hmm. it's like, well, you're not actively using it. So just it just you run out of disk space. So it just goes somewhere. Mm -hmm. But it's still technically there. So you can use the memoriam to force your Vitae into your brain to reactivate the memory. Cool. Which is kind of metal, but it's also just like when you think about that for extraordinarily old vampires, you're just like, they must be insane. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that, that can't be good. Yeah, because I'm only almost 35 and i feel like i'm losing my mind with all the things i have to have in my brain mm -hmm. i just let him go man that's a secret <laughs> you gotta hold on to those thoughts and beliefs and whatever just let them float off into the way ever that's I true we'll come back if they're important <laughs> yeah right i would love to do Could that you? but you know the brain will not allow it yeah that's fair mm. so uh Basically, when you decide to do this, uh, when you are trying to seek out the specific information, 
it is in relation to some sort of goal. Mm. So you're not just like randomly generating an old memory to get a reward. You have to have like a specific reason and pursuit. So if it's like, hey, where did I leave that book? Or mm. uh, looking, trying to be like, do I actually know this NPC? Because technically we're in the same social circles like 40 years ago. Uh, I don't, I'm just trying to think like, eh, where did I bury the treasure? Right. Tons of tons of options, but it needs to be something that can be a one or two sentence elevator pitch of a why the fuck? Right. What is the goal? What are you looking for? Uh, and then the rating of the goal is based on a dot system of one to three technically but if you want to like go one to five just to keep things simple and consistent with everything else that's up to y'all but with the one to three as the book recommends uh each higher of the dots equals more rewards that you get when you come out of the memoriam which is kind of neat okay and a fun reason to use this mechanic so uh yeah but basically the uh the bonuses you get are bonus dice on certain skill rolls you can gain boons because you remembered oh yeah that guy owes me a favor fuck (laughs) Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck Jerry. <laughs> so is this like a specific kind of project? It, is it's the way? kind of an offshoot of a project, but instead of it being over a series of nights, you're technically like reaching into your brain. and it's like in, almost in the, instant. Yeah, basically. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. It can be instant. I like to imagine it's like in um, like a procedural show mm-hmm. where all of a sudden the detective or whoever figures it out. And you just see the camera zoom into like the neurons of their brain for a second. And their <laughs> eye just like twitches a little bit. And they're like, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I imagine this working. But... Oh, yeah. That's, so that, I that's also a legitimate way to use that. For like the big, 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 you know, super duper old vampires. It being like they have to like take a nap practically. Like it's mm-hmm. practically day sleep or like torpor. Because it's just like I got to start digging. This is 2,000 yeah. years ago. Yeah, know, I'll, you know I'll I mean? jump into it now a little bit because I had notes about it later, but fuck oh, it. No, cool. we're already there. We're already here. So uh, the book, when I read it, makes it sound like it's more like Hunter's description mm. where it's kind of a that's so Raven yeah. moment. Uh, but I have seen, as per the example of like LA by night when they have a memoriam scene, uh, the character basically went into like an extreme torpor for a few nights. Mm-hmm. So thematically... I think it would behoove you to be like the longer back in time it is because it requires more uh, effort. Mm-hmm. Does not require more blood, just more effort. Having the character be down or uh, impaired in mm-hmm. some way. Distracted. Where, yeah. Where it's like, you know, you guys plan to, you do the, the rouse check for the memoriam. You guys play at the memoriam. And then when you go back to the actual scene, the character who did the memory might be like, minus one or two to awareness checks for like the rest of that scene or mm. however you want to parse the- i that's a i think it's a really cool idea to maybe be even tiny maybe not mm. always but tiny a bit more harsh with that because i think it's a kind of a cool idea you know as a character you know presenting blank bodies here if someone were to anyone listening were to have ever experienced psychedelics sometimes you see things kind of on top of each other at mm-hmm. high doses. Like you'll relive memories on top of like whatever you're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. That can be very disorienting. And that'd be kind of a cool way to describe it too. Yeah, that would be true. And a less fun uh, yes and of that as somebody who has to do with like flashbacks periodically. I don't get like visual like cross mm-hmm. like that, but I'll have like sensorial. Oh, yeah. So uh, my body will be reacting like the, the, the flashback is happening, but like visibly and like touch and everything else wise, I know where I am. Yeah. And it's weird. 
to have my brain betray me like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you're just like, I'm just trying to get a boba tea, man. Like, why did you suddenly decide that now is the, <laughs> now is the time? Yeah. So I'm trying to, like, not act weird. I'm like, thank you. I have a different problem, mm. but I've been training myself to uh, lucid dream. Of course you have and, been. And uh, sometimes I get loose, I get memories and dreams mixed up when mm. I half remember things and I have to be, wait a minute. No, John and I weren't on the moon last week. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a horrifyingly realistic dream. Uh. I mean, that's cool, but also no. Did we survive? Um, I've never died in a dream. You always wake up beforehand. Okay. I'm glad that's happened to you because I've had several dreams where I've died. It sucks. Really? Every yeah. time I can go, I either wake up or I just, uh, actually, that's honestly one of my things. It's like, wait, I died, but I'm still thinking I'm alive. I'm, yeah. dr I'm dreaming. Yeah. No. Anytime I've died in the dream, basically, uh, the scene, like I die and then the scene resets and I do it again. Hmm. Oh, like a groundhog day. Yeah, except I die again. <laughs> I don't have any choices on re or changing things. It sucks. I think I've only died a couple times, once in dreams. But it was just like I died, and then then you just kind of like as I remember, the rest of the dream was nothing. Yeah, you're just kind of like you died, and then there's like the sleep blackness, and then the alarm goes off. Yeah, that must be nice. I don't know. It only happened once. Sometimes I wonder freaky. if my insomnia is my brain's attempt to try to save me from just like the weird whatever the fuck's going on in my head. Hmm. They're like, no, you should be deep cleaning the baseboards instead. And I'm like, I would love to sleep. <sighs> anyway, so baseboards are uh, another bonus you can have. So there's three bonuses. You get bonus size rolls. You can get boons. And you can also get what's called expendable background dots. These are one time use background dots for various things. This could be the equivalent of. I remembered where the treasure is buried. So now you have two bonus resources. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. That kind of shit. So this was this, whatever the reward is, you're going to negotiate that before you do the memoriam. Uh, the book says that they do encourage the STs to like get creative with the goal or the rewards for the goal. You can change things up. Just make sure it's like roughly equivalent mm -hmm. to what the book recommends on the one, two, three scale. So it could be uh, a character remembers a ritual and you get to add that to your book or uh you, you remember there's a Thin Blood Alchemy store somewhere and you're like, aha, I have the juice now. I can use it for something. Um, got that juice. Got that juice. Yum. I, it's one of those. It's a it's a box of possibilities. So I can't, I can't fill that entirely. That's up to y'all. I think the important one that I noted here was a boon. Yeah, the boon Boons is good. Cool. I like the one where like you're at an Elysium or something like, do I know that guy in the dust? He's like, yeah, you know them. They're this so and this. And then you could be like, I think they owe me a favor. Memoriam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, I feel like he owes me a favor. Why does that dickhead owe me a boon? Yeah, just like, why do I know? Oh. It, it turns out to be very touching. Yeah. It turns out to be touching? Yeah, the reason you, he owes you a boon. <laughs> because, because of the touching. Because of the touching. <laughs> We're not talking about bloodstained romance or love. We're, <laughs> We're dealing with that. Like, I'm working on that. I'm working on it. We're going to we're gonna talk about bleed later. That's That's a future problem for Sarah. That's good. Yeah. So currently, we're going to talk about the process of running a memoriam. Let's do it. So when a player character enters a memoriam, you can only do it once per story arc. Oh, my. I think that's to keep people from cheesing this, that's which is valid nice. and fair. Yeah. The book recommends you don't do more than one memoriam a session, but it's your table. Do whatever the fuck you're going to do. Yeah. And if you decide you're going to do more than one memoriam, it's also your table. Yeah. Just make sure that you don't have players that are going to be like, I'm going to do this every other session to get all this bonus bullshit. I'm like, no, that's not. Right. 
That's not fair. Or fun. It could be fun. I don't know. That's when you start, oops, remembering you have a dark secret. Oops, you forgot that you owe that guy a life boon. I think if you fail the memoriam, that could happen. Oh, there's... Oh, he doesn't owe me. I owe him. There's terrible things that could happen when you fail a memoriam. We'll get into that. It gets spooky. So, uh, the book does note, while multiple characters might exist in the memoriam, uh, because they were around for the events too, uh... If there's characters that are not, but you have players at the table and you don't want them to be bored for the scene, let them embody the NPCs in the me- in the memory and they can just go fucking nuts, which I think is super fun. Yeah. Especially if it's a scene where kind of like the memoriam example they have in the, the LA by Night memoriam scene is really helpful if any of this is kind of confusing for you. But yeah, they have uh, 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 <laughs> B-Dave playing Karsh. Nice. Who's like one of my favorite NPCs. Like Karsh is great. Uh and it's super fun. He's got like blacked out makeup and like a puffy like medieval shirt, and it's a good time. So yeah, you can get you can just get fucking nuts. Beautiful. You're like, hey, I I'm trying to. It's like, does that guy owe me a boon? And then you, storyteller, could just be buck wild and be like, okay, you were there because you're doing the memoriam. So and so in your coterie was there because you guys have been bros for a while. And the third guy, you weren't there in character. You're gonna play Beckett <laughs> 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 for like a scene. Like, yeah, you can just have fun with that. That's fun. Hell yeah. It kind of reminds me, Mm. I'll have to look this up after the episode because I'm not going to go to my bookcase of wonders right now. But there's a similar mechanic, I think, in Hunter the Vigil. Mm -hmm. I think it's specifically in Slasher, but I need to look it back. But there's like a flashback style. I want to say you're correct, but I've not played Slasher in a very long time. I specifically believe that this was an ability or a mechanic where like you could say you were on the trail of, we'll just say a Michael Myers style Mm -hmm. Slasher. where you, You could do a scene where all of the players were the victims and the scene just ends once everyone's dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And then you take that and start your campaign from there. I yeah. think it was in Slasher. Is one of the vigil books had a mechanic like that, I think. That would make sense. That would be pretty cool, though. You're just playing random-ass people, no hunter powers, no hunter knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think and it's then in you that get book. slayed. Yeah. I hope that wasn't just an idea I came up with and didn't use, but I think it was in the book. <laughs> Oops, all final girls. I, I was talking about that, you know, <laughs> letting those ideas float away. I think yeah. that... could have been one. Yeah. Yeah. We, we well, will... it came back then. That's that true. It's, it's important. We will double check it. And by we, I mean, we are going to forget because we're riddled with ADHD and our delightful listeners in the Discord are going to at us because they actually did the research when they hear this. Very good chance. <laughs> I, have to, I have to listen to this again when I edit, though. So maybe. That's true. Maybe I If anyone's that. going to, it will be you. Yeah. So, uh, continuing on. Uh, do note. Because memoriams are going to solidify past events in your game, uh, you can cause some weird time fuckery within your plot timeline. Mm-hmm. So work together as a team, even more so than usual, to like maintain the continuity. Unless you want to have a super unreliable narrator kind of horror game where everything's disjointed and weird. Like if you want to do a... Was it, uh, who dies at the end? John. John. Yeah, if you want to do a John dies at the end kind of story, go for it. That's yeah. fine. But... uh. There is a level of yes and and kind of uh, gaming maturity that's kind of required when you do these kinds of events because you might accidentally completely upend mm-hmm. the entirety of your chronicle by mistake. I would also say, in my opinion, this is probably a mechanic that probably works better with a smaller group. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard. It'd be easy to get like three people invested in a past scene of one of the characters and give them a side character stuff that's interesting. Yeah. 
I think when you have like five players and you're trying to keep these extended scenes interesting all the time, I think there are people who are just after a certain number of people, it's just to be like, I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm guy C standing in the corner. I drink my cocktail, plays with dice. <laughs> yeah. So that's something to keep in mind, too, is yeah. your table size. Table size and just like how comfortable y'all with each other, because if you're like comfy. And you're like, okay, I understand how we all play with each other when you're playing a random NPC. Like, you could be playing the enemy of another player in your group. Tons of shit. You guys understand where everybody's comfy at and you have a good flow of Mm -hmm. games. So that'll be less hard for you. So if you're newer to the game, maybe your third session should not be a memorial. (laughs) Maybe get like five or six down before you start like fucking with time. Mm -hmm. This is Temporis the right way. (laughs) As God intended. Gotta remember it on your own. Yeah, you gotta live life and then remember shit. Just putting their bodies places. So, and uh, we've talked about unreliable narration and stuff. If Mm -hmm. there are ways around it, like fucking up your timeline, Mm -hmm. if you're smart enough as an ST about it. Yeah, because it's memoriams are memories and memories are faulty. So, which is why Beckett looks so much like your coterie mate. Yeah, right. The implications of that. Mm -hmm. You could do some weird implications with that, where it's like, okay. This guy in your coterie that you guys have kind of been butting heads, the other guy that you've been butting heads with, he's going to be playing the your antagonist in the past, and then your character has to come back to like, Ugh. Ugh, you look like the guy who did the thing. It's just like, oh, he reminds me of fucking Steve. Yeah. Fuck. God damn it, fuck Steve. Glad he's dead. <laughs> or is he? That's fuck. why we're doing the memorial. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I killed him. Did I leave him out yeah. in the sun? So interesting thing when you travel in time. Uh, past you does not have as much stuff as current you. Yeah. Funny how that works. It is funny. So, uh, you don't have to write whole new character sheets for yourselves when you go back in time. Okay. The book does recommend uh, for every 50 years in time you go back, just nerf a discipline dot of your choice huh. to represent you having less powers. Yeah. You don't have to rewrite a whole character sheet. I'm like, oh, thank God. Right. Because that would be a whole pain in the ass being like, unless you're the kind of granular table that saves all of your old character sheets and you can just like whip that shit out. Yeah, that'd be a pain. Yeah, I, I totally don't do... Anyways, <laughs> I don't have folders full of all my past saves on my character sheets because I can't remember how I built a character. So if somebody asks me, like, why I have XYZ, I have to, like, relook at my old saves to figure out what the fuck I did. Mm. Like, why am I built like this? Oh, yeah. You good. Yeah, I just started rotating. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, we're too powerful with our new uh, chairs that the patrons have helped with. And yes, we actually have real chairs. Yeah, we're not sitting for hours in folding chairs anymore. It's great. It's nice. So thank you. My butt doesn't hurt. I, he hasn't bitched about it once yet. It's fantastic. By now, I would have been shuffling. Mm-hmm. That is true. Uh, but yeah, when you're resetting the character sheets to past selves, yeah, keep everything the same. If you want to adjust uh, advantages and flaws for past self, play that by ear. Mm-hmm. Whatever makes sense. You could also just not fuck with it. Right. Uh, your hunger rating for the memoriam will stay the same as it was in the timeline. Interesting. Just keeping things simple. And yeah. I'm like, thank God. Right. You're not a like, we have to roll a whole new hunger. I'm like, no. No, just keep it going. Yeah. Keeping it, we're keeping it rolling. So to kickstart things, to get your brain blast going, you roll a rouse check. So potentially you could start the memoriam a step hungry than you were before. That'd be crazy to just start it like, oh, I hit that. I filled that box. Yeah. So it starts off with me going into a fit. Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be a good reason to have the beginning of a memory, though. True. You could have a storyteller that's nice that's like, okay, your hunger goes up, but it won't go up until 
after you come out of the memoriam. Mm. You could do that if you want to be nice. Yeah. Depending on how the memoriam goes, that could just be an awful cliffhanger of like, things happened and now I'm going to come back even worse. Yeah. Fuck. So, you've done that. We have uh, spoken about what happens to your character in the timeline when you do this. You can either be kind of staring off in the middle distance or pacing as you're thinking or you have to go take a nap. Decide what's dramatically appropriate at your table for this. I'm not your dad. So, during the memoriam, certain actions during the scene can provide bonuses. There's a whole list of them on page 313. So if there's certain things you want to do within the memoriam that might help you to give bonuses, like feeding and other stuff, there's things you can do that are specific within the scene to give you little bonuses. So, go look at that. I'm not, There's too many, I'm not reading them all. Uh, Storytellers should offer a number of challenges or difficult events equal to the goal dots. So if it's a one dot uh, goal... Just give them one objective. Like, hey, the goal is, I need this book. You gotta break into the library. That's mm. your. That's the one big thing you gotta do. Right. Uh, why is that guy here? You set that out of three for whatever the fuck reason? I'm like, cool, you got three big things you gotta do. So this seems probably gonna be a little longer. Mm -hmm. Or more intense. So basically, when you're deciding what the uh, reward is, you're setting the difficulty for the memoriam as well. Gotcha. So keep that in mind if you're just like, I'm not liking mods on this today. I've been rolling bad. I don't feel I'm just going to go for the one. I just want my info and my one little cookie and go about my day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, you can call the scene at its end when everything is dramatically appropriate. Nice. So this can be at the success point achieving the goal this could be a failure this could be when there's a cool moment to wrap on like you got all the goals but there's like characters having an exchange and you can finish that scene mm -hmm. you can delve into how they escaped the library where they stole the and however you i trust you just guys as the game. beams were falling down the memory stops yeah the book so you leave it in a cool yeah exactly the book does say that uh when you fail to achieve one of the goals on your three dot mm. one dot two dot goal of things if you have a failure at that point, the memoriam ends. Damn, so you can just lose on the first one and not get anything, even though you risked like a four dot. Or, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. It's consequences. Consequences. So, the after effects of memoriam. If you achieved the goal, hooray! You got your stuff. I would like my things. <laughs> Placed inside a bag. Mm -hmm. So I may carry them. Collect your bag. Was, is this is your is this? I was just accentuating in the ah, bag. Ah, the bag. Oh, here you were I, doing it visually. You were, but I was expecting. I was like, oh, this is dramatic. Where is this going? Nowhere. It's not going anywhere. It's going into the square hole. I'm sleepy. You are. It's okay. We're getting through it. Um, <laughs> so any willpower damage that you take during the memoriam follows you back into the current timeline. So while you're reliving the memory, Makes if you sense. like spend willpower to reroll dice, that damage gets transferred into like the oh yeah, uh. Bad time. It's mm -hmm. like those memories you have right before bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That then end up keeping you up for a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. You're going to sleep day. and you're like, I knew that answer in the fifth grade, but the teacher asked me and I was nervous. I fucked it up. I said Sweden and the answer was 1942. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And to exacerbate this problem, any health damage that happens during the memoriam gets converted into willpower damage. Huh. And this kind of is to represent any uh, trauma that you have experienced as kind of emotional damage. Yeah, I like that. Which is kind of cool and neat, but also, oh, fuck, because you could snap out of a morium and it's like, yeah, you passed the rouse check. Here's your two ag willpower damage and three uh, superficial willpower damage. And you just yeah. come back to it and you blink and you just you just the choppers of Nom, you become <laughs> Elmo, have have come to fruition. Yep. 
Uh, if you happen to uh, acquire a crippling event injury during, <laughs> because there are alternative rules in Vampire, where if you take X amount of damage, you get a bonus extra damage that causes like negative modifiers, like your arm gets ripped off. Right. So if that were to happen, it's assumed that by now, if you have your arm, it is healed. We're going to ignore that. Yep. And it's just like, that doesn't get converted to anything else. You're just like, oh yeah, I forgot that was the night I ripped my arm off. Fuck, that hurt. To beat a guy to death with or however. I'm real glad that it's uh, come back now. Yeah. So they blink, have uh, nom flashbacks, and they're just staring at their head. Just flexing your fingers, just being like, uh, sometimes being undead. Helpful. <laughs> yeah. uh, if the player character ends up torpored within the memoriam... Uh, it's assumed that they are woken up at some point between then and now. Yeah. You and the storyteller need to work out uh, who, what, where, why. Just so that's in your notes. Mm -hmm. like You've it. now created plot. Good job. Uh, if you die during your own memorial. <laughs> good news. You're alive in current times. You don't suddenly just remember you're dead and blink out of existence. <laughs> so that's good. The bad news. Uh, the plot now is aware of the fact that you have died and you're alive now. So you owe somebody a life boot and you and your storyteller need to work that out. <laughs> You've now generated plot. Maybe you still don't know. Maybe you still don't know. There's tons of options, but you've added just another plot hook to like reel in. Mm -hmm. just, just, just add. It's like, cool. You have a dark secret now. <laughs> you owe somebody a boon. You have no idea. Dark secret. Dark secret. Dark secret. Yes. Yep. So nice. logistics for running. Uh, let one leg in front of one. And then the other leg in front of the first leg. One mm. foot in front of the other foot. Yes. In front of the other logistics. Uh, I'm going to highly recommend if you're doing any kind of historical changey timey wimey playing in a different time period, session zero becomes exponentially more important because mm -hmm. you got to work out uh, how much historical accuracy you want for your game. Yes. Because I've seen this destroy so many game groups and so many things. Yeah, that's kind of what I was mentioning earlier with the Pathfinder D&D. Mm -hmm. &D. Oh, yeah. Like, you, if when you have the one guy, he wants to accurately simulate tools of the time, and everyone else is just like, uh, I want to drink ale and kill orcs. Yeah. I have this cool thing that runs on gunpowder. Well, gunpowder doesn't happen until the 1500s, and we are playing in 1206. Exactly. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm a time traveler then. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> well, actually, I have all of these dots in alchemy, and therefore, yeah. You're a fucking vampire. You can yeah. make things work. <laughs> yeah. Technically, you could fly. So, <laughs> like. <laughs> this is a universe in which mages exist. Yes. And wraiths and changelings. I'm uh... sure you can find a fun excuse <laughs> to make your powers or whatever you need to do work to make the yeah. game fun. Now there's there's dorks like yeah. me who I really like learning about history and being able to bring aspects of that into games and plot and table and things. And there might be other history nerds like me that are just like, I would fucking love to play a Regency era, whatever the fuck game where we have to like understand the rules of decorum on how to fold a goddamn letter to send it to each other and all that other weird shit. I know a ton of people don't fucking care about that. Nope. Not at all. Not, Not a lick even, of giving a fuck. I don't give a two shits about folding no letters. <laughs> I wouldn't lick that letter exactly. to mail it. No way. That's why they have wax. Well, here's the thing. So <laughs> Wait, that's more proper, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. There's two kinds of wax. You have the cheap, like, the cheap mailing discs. Dicks? Disc, discs. Discs. I bet they do make wax seals that just look, look like dicks. Oh, I'm certain they did. I'm certain yeah. there were some very naughty letters. But, yeah, yeah there's, the, like, you can buy big boxes of little wax, wax discs that uh to that you just use for sending like just regular business mail yeah like nothing nothing serious nothing important uh and you would put it under your tongue to warm up the wax enough that it would like stick and seal huh. 
and it was considered uncouth to send proper correspondence with the cheap discs because, because it was in your mouth. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so if you're sending a proper decorum thing, you had to have actual wax you had to melt. Right, and then like drip on there. And, mm-hmm. and there was a whole other market about like seals and different... It's, I think it's interesting, but I know there's people that are not going to give a fuck about that. And that's fine. That is valid and cool. Uh, but I'm also going to give a note on the other side of the thing of um, possibly maybe keep in mind how your game is using your setting. Because you don't want to overlook some of the messiness of people and cultures throughout history. So, you know, I'm not saying every game that travels into a different time period and context has to have a moral statement. You can just be kind of goofy pirates. But also during the time of pirates, there was slavery and other things that were terrible. And I feel like ignoring that is uh, not good and weird. So, you know, just just keep it in mind. Make sure that uh, the way you're running the games isn't accidentally erasing per important aspects of history uh because that might accidentally lead to people forgetting that those things happened mm. and leads to people having some whack-ass opinions about shit like somehow the civil war was not about slavery and i'm like that is not true at all and i can't believe we're still arguing about this as a culture it's weird states rights to what right states rights to what motherfucker <laughs> say that shit again <laughs> to, 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 oh, to own people yeah <laughs> ah fuck Damn it. We got back to it, pal. We did it. <laughs> so, yeah, I trust you all to calibrate correctly. But it's things to think about. Uh, also, on that note, uh, time traveling may not be fun for all of your friends. There's insert several comedic jokes about black people fucking with time machines. Uh, mm. You know, while uh, your characters that you may be portraying may not even be uh, a person of color. They might not be queer or feminine or woman or disabled or whatever. Uh, those topics are probably going to come up when you're dealing with a historical time period game. And sometimes people just don't have the brain space for it and they don't want to fuck with it. It doesn't have to be in your game. Mm -hmm. But if it is, you're going to want to make sure that everybody has an understanding about like what your consent calibration is, how far you're going to go into these topics. Um, if somebody gets uncomfortable, uh... How are you going to pause? How do you want to cut things? Like, where's your fade to black moments? Because mm. history is messy. And some of it is very terrible. And if you want to look into those things, I'm not saying you can't engage with unethical topics and content, but there's ways of doing it that does become a problem. Because I've been in, oh God, I've been in games. I've been in so many games where I was like, oh, it's a historical uh, World of Darkness game. This will be fun. And then I go in and I'm like, this is just a bunch of edgy teenagers just getting away with saying the N-word. Mm. I hate this. I'm I'm leaving. I I wanted to play Spy versus Spy in World War II. Pretty neat. That's pretty fun and cool. There's a lot of active anti-Semitism that's very concerning. Oh, fuck no. So, you know. And there's Watch people, out for that. Watch out for that. And there's also people that are like using games for escapism or might want to run like an alternate history of certain events. And they're just like, yeah, I don't want to deal with the fact that I have less rights than other people at the table because I have to deal with that outside the game. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair. Yeah. You could also just lampshade a lot of that too. Mm -hmm. Like specifically, remember we had to look it up. We were watching some documentary when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about some young early American entrepreneur. Mm. I think it's I think it's a distillery, but mm -hmm. I, they specifically kept referring to him as a confirmed bachelor. Mm. And we had to look like Does that just mean he was gay. Yeah, that means he likes that means he's dick. gay. 
Okay. He had a roommate. So at the time, he was well-known, confirmed bachelor. <laughs> it's like, we're all just like, so people knew he wasn't married? What the fuck? And we looked it up and we're like, oh, okay. That's- um, gotcha. I understand why they might have said it that way in like the early Americas, but like- Why are we still saying it like that? It's, it's 2002. You can just say he was gay. Yeah. <laughs> not in 2000 not in not in bush's america <laughs> fuck no <laughs> that was don't ask don't tell listen ellen <sighs> broke down that door i'd much rather give it to wanda sykes honestly though that's fair yeah i think she did more work than ellen. i think ellen's funnier poll though so ellen is a funnier poll <laughs> sorry i'm tired as a funnier person that's wanda, true wanda sykes is a better comedian my, i thought you were gonna say better person and no I that's, true. Uh, that's true that's no, true i thought that went without saying it's just i laughed because i'm very t- we're all very tired but uh my brain immediately went to the bit of trixie mattel doing her impersonation of homophobic share which just google it it's fantastic just the idea yeah. of her wearing like a tinsel wig and just yelling slurs at gay people is very funny <laughs> Because we know Cher, champion of the gays, would mm-hmm. never. Would never, ever. But the voice, but her shitty Cher voice is so good. And I hate that it's just in my head all the time right now. Anywho, things that are also in my head all the time. Uh, along with uh, deciding the vibes and the tone of your game of like how dark and serious or how fun topics you're going to be covering. Agree ahead of time upon the rough time period that you are covering. Mm. This has caused so many fights in games I have played in. Holy shit. I spent a lot of time fucking around on uh, internet uh, Discord groups, servers, for playing uh, World of Darkness games during the quarantine lockdown, just because I had literally nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. That's where I have a lot of this, and then also just historical roleplay games I've played in previous to that. Oh my god, because there was too vague of a description of the time period, and then history nerds who are not pedantic at all. Never. Never. Never pedantic. Never. On Megan the Stallion's internet? No. <laughs> never uh yeah and it caused like like fucking serve like server destroying arguments like the game collapsed because people could not agree on x y and z being allowed in the game because of the time period so even if you are keeping the terms vague just have an agreement of what vague actually means or just, you know, be a little bit flexible with your fucking friends. Yeah, or be able to just talk with your friends that, about that things. That might even be the easiest way to do it. Yeah, that's the that's the concerning side of it. On the more positive side of when you decide, like, what the time period is that y'all are agreeing on, it makes it a lot easier to research, mm-hmm. like, what you need to know and understanding, like, what the scope of your abilities and knowledge and attitudes are for your characters in the time period. Because depending on... <laughs> What time period you're in, you're going to have some very interesting opinions about feet. Ew. I know. I watched a, a thing earlier today about uh, uh, Trilby, uh, who is this uh, character from a Victorian era uh, horror novel who is like a, a, an artist model. That in the novel, it's, de- it's decided that she has like some of the most beautiful feet <laughs> And right. it became such a meme in the Victorian era that there was like a bunch of merch, foot related merch. And it's like how pedicures got really popular back in the day. Huh. It's it's wild. I'll share the link in the Discord. Please do. Um, it's fucking fascinating, but it's also like, what? I hate it. I hate it, though. But I want to learn more about it. So stoked about that oh, time period. This this shit is the reason Tarantino does get stoked. <laughs> Fair. Uh, fucking weird novels involving... Uh, exposed lady feet and hypnotism it's weird it's very 1800s very good uh you, get, you piqued my interest at hypnotism though yeah that's where svengali comes from actually oh nice feet yeah. thanks feet um 
Thanks. No. I'm imagining that. They really get you places. They That's do. That's true. I'm imagining kind of like that guy in Zoolander who's the hand model who keeps oh, his hand yeah. in like the um, hyperbaric chambers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just their back. feet. Just full circle. Just clonking around. Just clonking around. Uh, it keeps my feet nice. <laughs> kind of. Because in the novel, she avoids wearing uh narrow pointed boots that were very stylish at the time to help like protect her feet and that's Mm. part of the reason why women's fashion changed from very pointed toe shoes to like wider shoes and even like introducing sandals it's wild how much victorian like obsessions with the beauty of feet just changed so many things in our culture that we just consider like normal and whatever yeah, that's why I wear sandals all the time. I gotta keep these titsies in shape. You do, man. It's like your greatest asset. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm just saying, if you if your feet are going online, you best be getting paid. Yeah. I uh, miss pointy boots. I know. I love I love me a pointy boot. It just the toe box needs to be wide to start it's with. It's true. Yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah, doesn't need to start pointy at the heel. Yeah, and then just be <laughs> a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So. Lines, veils, and consent. As we've talked, history can be fucked up. Is fucked up. That doesn't mean. You have to be fucked up. Yay! Don't. Well, it's totally fine to play out unethical characters with the proper context. We are not opening the door for people to be like, I'm playing Nazis. It's fine, wink. It's not fine. Fuck off. Anyways, you can play unethical characters. It's like Grand Theft Auto, where it's like, I'm playing a game where I'm like murdering people, but there's consequences because there's like the the, the cop system mm-hmm. and I'm acknowledging I'm a bad person in the game. Yay. Yeah, that kind of shit. Uh, but crossing that line to harm your friends to quote unquote, be authentic to the time period is not worth it. <laughs> that was also a giant thing I've dealt with doing historical gaming because, you know, being a, uh, a femoid. And you deal with history things. Suddenly it turns into like, Winch, go make me a sandwich. And then I go, fuck off. And then Sandwiches I get... weren't invented yet. I can't. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And then in game, I'm getting committed to an asylum mm. because I am like talking back to men. Right. And I'm like, I didn't agree to that being the tone of this game. I'm not opposed to being in games like that. Mm. But you can't just be like busting that shit out and being like, that's the rules because this is how the time period worked. Right. And I'm just like, could we have like paused and been like, hey, friend, is this a thing you're interested in exploring in the game? Mm-hmm. Cool. Let me know if this gets weird. I'm like, oh, okay, sick. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Various other things where people are like, I, this is authentic to the time period. And I'm just like, you're just being a dick. Also, it's not that time period now. <laughs> and we're in the same room. I can retaliate. You were, you're aware of this, correct? Where's, okay. the, ma- where's the mallet? Where's the mallet? <laughs> Actually, I put it out of reach on purpose. No. <laughs> we hit like three things. <laughs> we each hit something. I was like, I got to put you're this like, all right, away. The universe is in balance. So what you're saying is we need to uh, get more mallets. So we each have one. Yeah, I think we should have. Uh, we should throw mallet away every time it's used and get a new mallet. <laughs> we don't quite have that Patreon Wait, budget. Is it per swing or per per? per- Per hit. Per, like, per per job. I was thinking, I don't know, we'll have to figure out the logistics before we put it on Patreon. Mm. Oh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. The mallet. We gotta figure out a mallet we, budget. Yeah, gotta budget <coughs> all these hammers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, this is why we gotta get to the milk episode. Mm-hmm. Milk. 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 Uh, speaking of milk. Uh, milk. Milk lemonade. Around no. the corner, scripts are made. That's true. Uh, part of the script. Uh, I'm going to suggest also as part of your lines and veils and consent at session zero, 
as a group, do a little bit of Googling of the time period that y'all are fucking with on the off chance that there's just some shit that's happening when and where you're planning your game that you might not be aware of. Because mm. there's just a lot of fucked shit happening all the time. <laughs> and it would suck to be like, hey, I want to do a game that's set in this time period in this place. That sounds nifty. I would love to explore this. And you go, oh, no, the Boer War is happening. Buck, I don't want to deal with that. We're going to pick a different place. <laughs> Or you accidentally find out about the emu wars and you get so excited that you yes. definitely play in that. You play an oops all gang role game. Everybody can yes. shift into emus. Yes. <laughs> You're fighting. There are sabat raids and all of the sabat shovel heads are gang shovel heads that have been taught how to turn into emus. <laughs> You're fighting the Australian military, which has a secret cell of hunters. They're telling <laughs> they're telling people they're trying to call the emus to help their local ranchers. But the thing is, they know about the emu gangrel. And yes. This is actually a long-standing conflict. <laughs> this is one of the earliest offshoots of the Second Inquisition. Love it. Far from it. No, I earliest. know. I'm just... No, I'm just saying... I, I'm totally fine with it i think that they should still have a storied history yeah no it's just so good just one cell of hunters in the I australian would, military i wield the medieval hammer of christ <laughs> time to decimate the emu population <laughs> no you need to understand i am the righteous hand of god and these unholy foul creatures must be called <laughs> no i'm funny fuck off wet fart noise <laughs> <laughs> You actually have a soundboard. I don't have a wet fart noise. I got this, though. Mm. Uh, that was too joyous. No, I was yeah. going to say, that That was pressed sarcastically, and I felt that. Yeah, I think there's a way to switch to a second set of buttons, but I don't know how to do it. We're not going to figure that out no, right no, now. No, 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 that's a future problem for Hunter. Yeah. What that's the just, fuck? That's just like a crowd. You got to hold that one oh, down, you... I think. Oh, okay. I just tapped it, so it's like... When you tap it for a second, it... Sounds I... like running water. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounded like a beach. But if you let it go. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, you can hear the clapping in there. Uh, yeah. John, is that what you hear in your head all the time? I wish. <laughs> that would drive me insane. That's fair. Um, hopefully things that don't drive you insane is uh, have an understanding of how you're going to calibrate for continuity mm -hmm. because it's going to come up at some point. Yeah. Somebody's going to say or do a thing that is anachronistic to whatever the fuck you're doing and just haven't agreed upon... However oh, the fuck well. you want to handle it. Either oh well or Google to see if the movie's out yet. Yeah. Or, you know, just be like, okay, we're going to rewind five seconds and just pretend that didn't happen because you for a half second forgot that in your 1600s era uh, game that you can't reach into your pocket and uh, immediately get that information. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, oh, fuck. But it's the 1600s. I have giant pockets. You referred, you referred to a uh, short enemy as Napoleon, and then you realize that's another hundred years away. You're like, wait, hold on, that's a few, oh, fuck. <laughs> Technically, I am a prophet! <laughs> uh, so, that is things to understand, because, yeah, I've I we have had, as a friend group, very passionate, but understandably fun yelling about pop culture references from the early to mid-90s. I've had, I've had friendships destroyed at tables. Over people yelling about shit like this, so some people are good at it. Some are. Yeah, that's yep. it's, it's a skill that you can 
tone and get better at over time. If you want to be pleasantly yelling at your friends at tables during arguments Mm -hmm. and afterward be able to hug each other and say, that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got to practice it. Yeah, You have to have a really good and solid friendship base to be able to look your friend dead in the face and be like, listen here, you piece of shit. I know Terminator 2 hasn't come out yet and I will eat (laughs) so many terrible, terrible things. I will eat a whole VHS tape (laughs) if I am wrong, but I am so determined on this. I will fucking I will murder you. <laughs> Not really, but uh, just like I will fight you in the street right now. It's good. I yeah, it's a it. good time. We our friendships are aggressive. It's true. That's Sometimes. True. Uh, but yeah. So you've decided game. You decided how you're gonna calibrate things. You got all the logistics and all that worked out. Uh, inspiration. Just some nuggets of things that I have used for people that are super lost and or concerned or just maybe want to have some new places to go look for shit. If ya fellas have ideas on things, feel free to shout them out. Because you're here, unlike the audience who exists in the future and cannot yell at me during this recording. Audience, if you have anything to say, you know, just go ahead and call in. Uh, actually, if you have other sources for, like, historical... Uh, research that you think would be helpful for gaming and you want to share it in the discord yeah public community discord we have a whole games resources and writing inspiration channels it's true exactly for this bullshit do it check it out highly recommend the 20th uh, anniversary editions of vampire victorian age and dark age bunch of great shit tons of stuff there's like 30 years of bullshit that's been written and um, I think it's worth noting that all the other game lines from Old World of Darkness, I think most of them, I don't think they all got them, but most of them also got historical settings. Mm-hmm. And because it's World of Darkness, the Empire also ends up coming up in them, almost all of them anyway. Yep. So, like, I know there's, I think Mage was Renaissance, mm-hmm. Wraith and Werewolf had, like, a uh, cowboy western book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch changeling was also dark ages i think yes but yeah there's a there's other settings outside of vampire that they still at least give you a little bit of an idea what the fuck vampires were up to in that era so (laughs) it might just be a couple blurbs but yeah and i will say in dark ages there's a wealth of books outside of europe like which is super dope there's a lot of uh, the research i've done so far in the show when i'm trying to like not be eurocentric and be like hey let's look at other pockets of the world and see what's going on it's almost always in dark ages Huh. Ah, it's almost always in Dark Ages. Like oh, all those, Dark Ages? Yeah, like uh, the Veil of Night book that I cite all the time that covers a lot of the more Islamicate areas mm-hmm. uh, and the Ashira. Dark Ages book. Nice. It's a really cool book. I like it. It does throw me off that when you open the book, like one of the first illustrations is a full page like uh, Turkish bath harem scene with just a lot of titties, Hell which is kind of metal. Yeah. It's just very confusing because I'm like, I don't think that's how that worked, but like I also wasn't there. So, you know, whatever. This is one of those things you decide before your game starts. Titties? Titties, ah, or titties. Eh. Eh. Or no. Or implied titties. You gotta vote. Yeah. <laughs> no titties existed in the mini. No one had them. Like, no titties, one had saw them. Titties were for nutritional value only, and you tucked them away as the Lord intended. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there will be no buxom wenches in my chronicle. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> Oh, this is a very pro-titty storyteller here. Uh, Same. Right? Because titties are red. I'm I'm pro the body. I'm not a a storyteller yet. I don't think I've ever story told vampires. You've you've run D&D mostly for us. You've been like our forever DM. D&D. You've been our forever D&D DM. And Shadowrun. We did do Shadowrun. Mm -hmm. So you've been a storyteller, but for Shadowrun. Yeah, not for for vampires. That's okay. We can work on that. I'm fine being a forever player. 
I've ran vampire, but I don't think I've ran vampire for you guys. No. no. I, I just ran a lot of Hunter. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, that was our cycle, was you ran Hunter and I ran Vampire, and we just kind of rotated Yeah, for a long time. But yeah, so, uh, if you're wanting to listen to podcasts, because you have that kind of time, uh, I super recommend Dan Carlin's Hardcore Histories. These are very intense deep dives. These are long fucking episodes, but it, the research is really good, and Dan Carlin is a delightful uh, narrator. And it gets into a lot of the weeds and the moral nuances of various historical events and time periods. Great show. Time sync. It's like a two episodes in a workday kind of podcast. Yeah, sometimes. like one episode can easily be four hours. Damn. Uh, but it's one of those if you're like me and you listen to podcasts while you're driving because your commute is like half hour to 45 minutes. Like you can get through an episode in like a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I recommend is there's two two series. Uh, Revolutions and The History of Rome by Mike Duncan. I've mostly listened to a series on Spotify. Revolutions is a historical series where he talks about various different uh, uprisings throughout history. So especially if you're running Anarch games, Mm. that's super helpful because it's like the Jacobin revolts and all sorts of other uh, historical events. And then, you know, if you want your ancient Rome, because, you know, the men be thinking about ancient Rome. Fighting Carthage. Okay. (laughs) I will say the uh, Behind the Bastards has a series that is like the history of cops. That if you're interested in that kind of shit is super good. I will just check out Behind the Bastards because I constantly reference them in the show. It's like one of my favorite podcast series. He does a lot of history deep dive episodes. I would say like 90% of the research is really solid. Occasionally has one where it's just like, oh, he just got real excited about this, didn't he? Shit. (laughs) It's hard to have a lot of recommendations because most of my podcasts are about whatever my um, current uh, special interest may be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's they're all like deep in the weeds. It's like, do you want five podcasts about the history of ufology? See, depend if somebody's doing game set in like the 40s, 50s, 60s, that shit might be perfect. That's yeah. true. Depends but, what you're doing. I'm trying to offer like more general like history. Yeah, yeah. Just I'm just saying things. I don't listen to a lot of so I might actually check some of these yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, the last two I got on the list is History That Doesn't Suck by Professor Greg Jackson. Covers a bunch of different random little historical things and is actually a professor. So, you know, education. Hooray. Woo. And then the last one is redacted history by andre white he gets into uh history from uh, a black perspective so it's a lot of covering like the the african diaspora in the united states and various other aspects of, like the haitian revolution that kind of stuff so if you want to be not eurocentric all the time great series i in general just recommend it it's fantastic nice so woo! youtubers youtube has tons so much tons of fucking options part of the problem is because of the uh you like the uh, surge of ai uh generated channels mm-hmm. unfortunately science youtube and history youtube places i hang out in a lot have been flooded with these shitty ai channels um so uh vet your shit before you actually like engage with it um my biggest thing is if you're watching like documentaries on youtube uh make sure there's like actually a host mm-hmm. going to places take a Take a look at the host and make sure their mouth is moving properly. Make sure they don't have like four fingers on one hand and like seven on the other. Uh, and if sure... they do, that they look like they should have them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like they had a genetic mutation, yes. like actually, and not just uh, something in the algorithm fucked up. Yeah. Uh, uh, might also recommend um, skipping to the end of the documentary real quick and seeing if there's actually credits is also a big tell because a lot of production companies have to have actual credits where they cite executive producers production companies Mm -hmm. any museums or anything they worked with right so 
Because, yeah, let's not give our eyeball time to the AI robots. Fuck yeah. that. And it, there's videos you'll find that are even on, like, weird, like, a niche special interest stuff. You think AI wouldn't, people wouldn't be making AI videos of, and they are. Mm-hmm. Like, me and my buddy were working on uh, the tabletop game I'm making. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, we're just watching shit about, like, the bizarre American pyramids conspiracy and stuff mm-hmm. like that and um like the bass pro shop pyramid no that there's so many i know more there's than so that. many more but that's like the big one yeah that's the most modern one i think at least the most modern like big one mm-hmm. but um anyway like there were ai videos we we're finding about that it's like how already mm-hmm. this is such like a niche military history topic like yeah it's just a lot of those channels they're just trying to crank so they can get content so yeah. let's not encourage that in fact if you see those report them fuck ai channels anywho so creators that are uh i can tell are real people that i have yeah. used and they're great uh atun shay is a great fucking channel he does good work does a bunch of history stuff sometimes it's little character skits i rewatched one i forgot there's a skit he does where he has his friend dress up as hitler and then blow his own brains out nice multiple times and every nice. time he's like it was a good day <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, hell yeah, that guy. There's also Mini Minute Man. Uh, he's known for doing the series called Bad Archaeology. He's an actual archaeologist. He's actually raised funds and gone to Turkey to go to ancient like sites like Gobleki Tepe. Cool. And he's been doing a, a docu-series where he's been traveling on his motorcycle across the Americas to go to like ancient indigenous sites. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's cool as fuck. Um, History Buffs is a uh, historical YouTube channel, but he reviews the historical accuracies of films. Nice. So if you're okay. using history films for like to get the vibe, mm-hmm. that's a good source for him because he does a good job vetting of just being like, how on point is this or is not and he also takes into account the uh movie quality of the film because there's some there's a couple of films where he's like it's accurate this fucking sucks as a movie Mm. don't recommend it it's not a good movie it's accurate though so that one's a good source uh townsend's and sons uh local too local guy he does stuff at condor prairie here in indiana um his stuff's mostly cooking so even if you're like playing D &D and you just want to be like how do i what what the fuck is the traveling food? Like, right. How, would how this do shit I describe work? this being made if they're yeah sitting at camp? Yeah, there's like it's good, but he also has some like other. He does some cross stuff with other historians. Like all the stuff I know about like letter writing and paper is from Townsend and Sons because he went to a historical site and they just talked about ancient or not ancient, but like 1700s letter writing and how the mail used to work. Hmm. He did some cool videos with Joe Para too. Yeah, Joe the, Para. Yeah, the Joe Para episodes are great um fuck i'm forgetting the name of this one chef because he does a crossover episode with a chef or guy he studies historical uh slave recipes and like african-american cooking and he has like his own line of like spices based off of like historical records cool of like caribbean and all sorts of like uh the the start of the afrofusion in american diet like foods mm-hmm. nice. and it's like so fucking cool that is cool i need to check that out um Speaking of that, uh, Not Your Mama's History, she is a historical reenactor who's black and she does talk about uh, uh, the black experience in America through various time periods and uh, her experiences with uh, doing history binding because she does like make her own costumes, which involves like sewing stays and all the petticoats and everything and going to historic sites and uh, educating people. And she has a really interesting video about uh, weddings at plantations. Stop doing that. Just we gotta stop. Just stop. That's weird. Anywho, Tasting History, another food channel, but he does talk about uh, the vibes of cultures from the various recipes he covers. And he does ancient, ancient, like Babylonian recipes. He does stuff from all over the planet, all different times. 
It's interesting. He's also just a dork and pleasant. Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh, Caroline Zabraska, historical fashion person from Poland. But she does a lot of meme jokes, but she's actually like looking at fashion plates for like, I think up to the 1600s. So she does like mm. modern vintage all the way till back then. Cool. So that one's cool. Uh, Vicky Bermudez is also a, a historical fashion person, but she comes from like a Chicano background and she specializes in like Latin studies. So nice. hooray for that. Uh, Jessica Kelgren Fozard also does historical fashion, uh, but she covers things from like a queer and disabled lens, which is cool. Uh, Nicole Rudolph. That's the one that did the feet documentary I was talking about earlier. Ah, <laughs> so she does. It did. It did. She's great. It's Abby Cox back to feet. also does uh, historical things. She's She did a series recently about the history of almond moms. Okay. And just the uh, concern about diet culture. And then she also did a video recently about uh, ugly children. Okay. And the concept of ugly children. I got that video recommended to me. It's really good. It's really good. It's funny. It's sad. It's also funny. Just the amount of the of just Victorian times, just being like, look at this child, she's homely. <laughs> if anybody gives you any affection, darling, it's charity. Look at your face. It's terrible. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> it's a moral failing. And it's this like, is what? Your fault. Yes. And it's like you better have a good personality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God, people were vicious to children. Yeah, teach them young. You know. Yeah, bring that back. <laughs> rude and my last youtuber i'm gonna recommend is uh step back he's was known as like step back histories uh he does cover things in a lot of like political context for various historical events and international events um the series he did somewhat recently about the rwandan genocide is fantastic it's a lot because it's the rwandan genocide heavy but uh he does talk about uh how mass communications affected that and how that kind of affect in modern day things as well so if you want history with context and nuance that is a good channel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i will i'll throw another one in there what that you think's got? appropriate uh i really like kaz Rowe. Has oh yeah didn't they do the uh the the, cow- the gay cowboys they did gay cowboys they do a lot of queer history but they also do just do a lot of history that's not necessarily queer mm-hmm. um so if you especially but it's mostly american history so yeah. they do some really cool ones i was looking up looks like they did one just on the weirdest things at the 1893 chicago world's fair <laughs> hell yeah so like i bet that was wild <laughs> and then there's yeah. uh the, the half hour video on the life and di- of disaster bisexual hans christian anderson oh god that that fucking uh that twink and then right after that there's debunking the pervasiveness of medieval witch hunts yeah. so they're it, all, right. all over the place but but good channel i've also seen they are good there's tons of others ones on the YouTube. I can't recommend them all. This isn't even all the ones I watch. Hi, guys. Welcome to ADHD. It's a bitch. A uh, couple of channels that are specific for documentaries that I can say I haven't found an AI video on yet. Uh, timeline colon world history documentaries. Hmm. Reuploads a fuckload of documentaries. They had uh, a really good one for it that I actually used for the Bruja bonus episode on Carthage. Yeah. That was really good. Um, and that guy also did a road trip. The documentarian from that one also did a road trip into Iran and went to historical sites that are used for a lot of the bases for the Banaikim, including going to the actual Alamut. Nice. Because I didn't realize Alamut was just a place and not something they made up for the game. Oh, nice. So I'm like, it's a place. People, It's a Zoroastrian thing. Mm, nice. So Very neat. Yeah, that channel, loads of documentaries. It's great. 
Um, if you want shorter things, uh, biographics, decoding the unknown, side projects, meta projects. Uh, these are all channels done by Simon Whistler, who's bald British guy. Bald British guy. But his team, he hires writers and pays them, and they all like do actual research. And there's tons and tons and tons and tons of things you can look up from like boats to uh, libraries to actual people, events, natural disasters, not natural disasters, tons of shit unnatural disasters yeah things like chernobyl i would oh. call that an unnatural disaster <laughs> i was hoping you were th- th- talking things like the mist ah uh, i think the closest to that is i think he does have a, a an episode where he talks about the use of mustard gas in world war one I. I also <laughs> think Chernobyl's pretty close to the mist <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you're um, not wrong if you're that's a good way to put this um not too concerned about how you acquire your historical uh, information. I won't blow up their spot, but there may be a Googleable forum mm. that might be um, archiving a ton of safe torrents specifically for old documentaries that are no longer available. Okay, oh, cool. that's so cool. So maybe if you can look around and find that and help seed some stuff, that would be cool. Yeah. If you want something that's a little less spicy, I know the Internet Archive. Internet has- Archive. Tons of stuff. Loads of shit. If you want to have a good haha night, uh, because of how uh, copyright works, films from 1924 and earlier are now in the public domain, and there's tons and tons and tons. But because it's 1924, we're starting to get into places where sound is coming into films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can ju- you can just have stream parties where you just watch weird old shit. Nice. Multi- it's super fucking cool. I know there's multiple versions of The Wizard of Oz on there. Mm-hmm. There's, there were a lot of adaptions. They used to love making that movie until they made the one everyone saw. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, that's where I've gotten like copies of the Nosferatu film. And just there's tons of other just like cool German expressionist horror films. And it's a good time. Just be nice. Maybe throw them some bucks. They're under a weird legal battle right now. Yeah. Um, Archiving is important. Your local library. You should check that out. Definitely. Resources on history. Oh, yeah. Fucking actually anything. Yes. Almost anything you can think of. Go to your local library. And if they don't have it there, your librarians will be absolutely stoked to help you The librarians? Library people? Hell yeah. Especially if you're doing some nerdy shit. You're like, hey, I'm so going to be running a World of Darkness game. And I've just, my friends and I want to run it in like the early industrial period. And they'll just be like, girl. I got Let's you. Go. Let's go. They want, there's a good chance they will walk you to the section. Mm-hmm. And there should be like documentaries and also like movies, comic books, novels, AU fiction. If you want to look for like actual academic research books and papers, websites, lectures. Hell, if you're in an area where you have access to museums to go look at shit for inspo, fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Like go, go support local infrastructure education things, even if you're just being like a spooky little nerd. Hell, you and your friends could make a day of it. It's the I I sometimes forget how much fun it is to go to museums. It's so much fun. Yeah, uh, went to the art museum not mm-hmm. too long ago, and they have their exhibits. Uh, they have a bunch of exhibits for more um, modern art mm-hmm. and and like weird sculptures and whatnot like that out. And there is one specific I can't remember what it's called shit, but it's just like a Christmas tree shape of mm-hmm. gen- big TVs. Mm-hmm. They're like switching through static and different like videos and stuff. Yeah. And I remember seeing it on a field trip to the museum in like mm-hmm. middle school. And I spent too much time just standing in front of it, staring into the the static, the static and other distortions and whatnot. And uh, I haven't seen it since. And then the other day, 
like a week or two ago into the museum and i was just like oh, it's back oh, it's back i got so fucking excited that's so dude. cool <laughs> um because going to art school in the city that we do um the the art museum here in indianapolis has a really good contemporary design and furniture section which i know sounds weird but within it is a thing that every time I have gone to the art museum and they force me to write papers about. Uh, in the furniture section, there is uh, this thing that's called the Shiva vase. I call it the dick vase because it's literally the most cartoony dick and balls painted the most cartoony white people flesh color as just a vase and it's done by some Italian guy. And I've written four papers about nice. <laughs> this <Yeah>. vase. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, other people were like, I'm going to go write about all these, like, William Turner pieces and all these things. I'm like, no, nah, give me the dick face. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I've yet to have a teacher get pissed at me for it. I'm just like, look, I can, I, I, I will write about the dick vase uh, in a way that's compelling and interesting and actually a dissection of contemporary design, especially considering the context of the sexual revolution, whence the vase came from. Mm-hmm. Bully me, I might do a, a version of this for for the patrons. <laughs> Give a dramatic reading of my Dick Vaz art di- dissection <laughs> critique. <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, no, history can be fun. You can learn things and, you know, just go do things with your friends. It's like y'all can have like a trip to the library. Go hang out and do stuff. Go get a coffee. I think I want to go to the library. Hell uh, yeah. Also, I'm going to say this every time yeah. if you you're you're listening to this podcast you're into tabletop games you're a fucking if nerd. you go to gen con go to the fucking idol jorg go to the idol jorg it's go so fucking cool jorg. leave an extra day before or after or if you just get tired of being around being like nerds shoulder to shoulder go for a walk at the idol jorg it's sick it's sick as fuck. Outside the Idol Jorg, there's this really cool statue of like deer running. Go post up by that and just do like the most like squad fam posting. Like do Slav squats, post by it, and then go to the museum. Maybe we should do a meetup and <gasps> take get our picture there by the deer. Yes. So one time I went there and I climbed up on the deer. It was late at night and okay. I was intoxicated. That and makes I sense. I climbed up on the deer and I was doing sexy poses on its back. <laughs> yes. And apparently there was a wedding or something. <gasps> In the Idol Jorg that night, oh. and two people in like really nice clothes mm-hmm. came out like like gown like you know like not, the, very... not the bride but like a gown a nice ass gown and a nice ass like tux like walk past I didn't notice at first and I look over and I go huh! and I tried to kind of like get off gracefully to be respectful of like they're having a You're romantic like, oh, moment i didn't know these people were doing a thing yeah yeah so i start to go and i kind of slip and like next land next to it and the guy goes oh no get it you looking good <laughs> so, and you're just like oh, yeah you went up here okay cool <laughs> <laughs> climbed back up on it took some more pictures it was hilarious you should have invited them up there with you ah oh, fuck i should have like you just posing sexy next to people that are dressed like way too immaculately <laughs> i kind of love that energy damn it so, speaking mm-hmm. of loving that energy, any final thoughts on the playing a game in not right now times? Uh, I've done it plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's always a good time. The big thing, I think we went over, talk to your table, make sure everyone has at least a basic idea of what that time period was like. If people want don't and they want to play them, I would probably require them to at least watch like a half hour History Channel documentary. Like, give them something easy. But like, please just get on the basis, know what the industrial revolution was before we try and play that mage game please um (laughs) yeah but other than that i think it's a great idea it's super it's super fun and cool and if you're already like look i'm tired of playing games where it's just you know nightclub nightclub another club yeah you can change it up a bit warehouse (laughs) warehouse 
<laughs> just that beam of Lady Gaga <laughs> being like, club, club, <laughs> another club. Except it's just warehouse, warehouse, <laughs> parking lot. <laughs> I avoided all those locations pretty well for my game. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. you're good at just picking like uh like oh, this isn't out of pocket, but it's like interesting with your uh country club that's also uh a, a murder pit. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, just you know, history is neat and cool, but also horrifying beyond barely beyond comprehension. And uh it's also like a living thing because our comprehension and understanding of history changes with the context that we engage with it. I that vibe. Yeah, I really like the memoriam. Yeah, I, we hadn't. I hadn't really explored that. I saw it on L.A. by night. Yeah, I saw it on L.A. by night, but didn't really explore it much beyond that. And talking about it was nice. It's a cool idea. Yeah. Also, I, if you're doing some things and you're like, oh, we got a big mission. That's kind of a good way to cheese getting some extra goodies. Yeah. That would be a cool little game idea mm-hmm. to do it. Um, it would be li- take a little buy-in from everyone. But I was like, you could run a game mm-hmm. where each session is like a different character's memoriam <gasps> to set up the game. Ooh, mm. that would be cool. Maybe we, I can put that on the patron poll once we start oh, doing like some the actual, plays. actual play yeah. stuff. I think we'll be or- do you want to try to organize that a little bit more seriously after we do Salubri. I think that was a plan. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna do one more for this month, and then of non-actual play stuff, and then we'll put some of those on the poll because that'd be fun. But we would need to be in a place where we have time to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I think we've survived. Uh, thank you, Paralyze, for the Muzak. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it quite a bit. It's oh. cool. There are quite a few cyborgs that have been dying. Millions, one yeah. could say. Yeah. Yay. But thanks, man. <laughs> Good tunes, they're on Bandcamp. Go check them out. Get Go give them there. some dollars. Give them some listens. Poke them. Put that electronic goodness in your ear holes. Mm-hmm. Absorb Much it. like you've done with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we are electronic goodness now. Yeah. Uh, our Twitter is dead. <laughs> and by dead, I mean it's just there. Yeah. Uh, posted on it. I don't know. Twitter's accessible, and I feel happier not ever looking at the app. So Good. I feel like my brain repaired itself just a little bit by stopping to use that app so you 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 were all great all of our listeners i'll say but just by being on the app it wanted me to engage with it and that's a nightmare yeah, yeah that was that was a faustian bargain we as a group were like no can't do it no elon fuck off elon isn't actually that like an eldritch being he's trying really hard and he's he failing it. at it yeah which is funny considering how much money he has he should be i'm going to forever it. laugh at that man and his stupid fucking hair plugs yeah <laughs> 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 anyways we do exist on instagram at blank bodies pod we try to do some posts there um i'm bad at it sorry guys we're we're all trying to get better at it um it's i'm on uh tiktok for us on blank bodies podcast um she's pretty good at it i'm gonna be hopefully adding some interesting content so we have some plans we do we do for things Ooh, oh oh whoa just like buddy holly we got a tumblr we do we, we i don't have... think we actually use that no, either we, we just don't use it we don't really have anything against tumblr it's just we we don't have tumblr brains no nope. some people recommended we make a tumblr and then none of those people followed us on tumblr and i don't understand tumblr so i stopped and, using and tumblr. i don't have the time or space to uh erotically role play vampire with strangers yeah i have the, time, <laughs> the pause it was the pause but i don't know if i have uh the spoons that's a good way to put it yeah 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 that's fair like you 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 have an energy that is potent but it needs to be used precisely yeah i have enough add i have time for anything but 
That's fair. Uh, Patreon. Uh, we have various tiers of uh, options if you want to give us dollar dues to support us to do this work. Uh, we have a goal for doing four episodes a month. We're not quite there. We're getting there. And as a bonus, an extra nugget of goodness. If we get to that goal, I will do an episode about the horrors of milk within VTM. That's surprisingly a large amount of them. There's so much. Milk is a horrifying thing. It is. It's a dark, dark substance. And that's before we started adding the layers of the world of darkness bullshit. Yeah. Into the uh, the, the the thick fluid of uh, mammary descent. Milk's not that different than blood. It isn't. There's blood in milk. There is. Right. And other, but even just like chemically, it's yes. not that different than blood. <laughs> milk tub, uh, milk tub. No, okay, uh, for your skin. It'd, it'd be really good for my skin. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> it'd, it'd come out being soft. The the patrons were joking in the Discord about uh, getting you to uh, fight things with uh, a fight of phalanx. <laughs> I was posting John, phalanx memes yeah there was then... phalanx memes earlier and then somebody I think it was squared was like John should fight the phalanx I'll try phalanx tier I mean... and I'm like he, I was like, you don't really have to prompt him that much. He'll just do it. <laughs> I'll try. I'll probably lose. If you can organize a phalanx, uh-huh. John will fight it. He'll show me, up. Give me a shot. <laughs> if you've got real spears, though, doesn't mean he's not going to have, like, I might just give him a grenade or something. <laughs> That's true. How do you defeat the phalanx? Hey, shit ass. Grenade. <laughs> how, do you de- how do you defeat a phalanx? You go left or right slightly. <laughs> like, it's not difficult. But yeah, there's also uh, illustration tiers, uh, various other things. Uh, we appreciate the support. We are mm. using the money to try to boost the show more. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting these chairs. I yeah. bet you didn't hear my keys jingle. Well, you don't probably ever hear my keys Yeah, jingling. I don't have to edit the keys jingling out anymore. <laughs> it's Hell saving yeah. under time and the mental fortitude to not thrash the both of us. For- I haven't tried to stand up once from my butt hurting. I'm so proud of you. Uh, we also have an interview series. We do have some stuff lined up um, trying to desperately get all of that actually rolling uh, between 2024 already being the massive shit show that it is and all of our unmedicated ADHDs. We're getting there. Things are tough sometimes. We're not all unmedicated. Are you on medicine for ADHD? Legally, no. <laughs> Proud of you. I don't have insurance anymore, so I, I don't, I'm not. Mo- I am even no when I had medicated. insurance, I wasn't, and then I realized I was self-medicating with caffeine the whole time. I could have told you that. I yeah. didn't. Why didn't you tell me? We, we literally half our friend group is self-medicated on caffeine. This is true. The amount of Monster Clan <laughs> cans I have to rinse and recycle every week, even though I don't drink energy drinks, is insane. I switched to Celsius. <laughs> That's not going to change the amount of monster cans that are left here. It's a smaller can, and it's not monster. I'm not drinking monster because I'm trying to support the BDS movement because I'm trying to make things slightly less shitty. Yay! I'm trying. Trying best. Trying my best, but I am a sleepy bitch. Uh, Speaking of being a sleepy bitch, uh, I think my watch has ended. Yeah. Has it? Yeah. Can I rest now? Hey. Yeah, you've earned a short rest. Oh, you thank guys, God. listeners, everybody, I want you to remember. Okay. That I love you. Bye. Wait, I whispered that. That I love you. Bye. Mwah. <laughs> oh, damn. It's hot in here. Yeah, it so is. So take it's off.